Well, good morning, Venture. How are we doing today? Um, so when you hear the school supply drive, just talk about the importance of that, why we do that. Uh, it's for the teachers. Uh, last year, we brought some Chick-fil-A for them, and they had a really rough year at Manatee Elementary School. Actually, they lost some kids. Uh, there was a car accident. Another tragedy happened with a teacher. And so that opened a door for us, not only to bring them Chick-fil-A, but also pray with the counselors and some staff, and God opened up some really neat doors. Um, and so we're looking to bless them. Uh, it was already announced. You can see Michelle at the welcome tent. Uh, there are specific supplies that they want. And then also Laley High School, we're helping decorate uh, their teacher's lounge. We want to do some couches, some other neat things like that. And in conversation uh, with some of the staff there, I really have this goal to do a really big outreach uh, to, the, to the student, to the school's uh, this upcoming fall. And so out of the conversations, well, it began to take place already. So uh, an idea that they had, um, I had a different idea. They had another idea. We met in the middle, and that's why you get together and you talk with folks, and you really strategize what God wants to do. And uh, it was really a fun conversation. So what they would like us to do is bring a tailgate party before one of the games uh, and feed the kids, the communities, and they'll even let us share Jesus before the game starts. So that's why we do these things. That's why we love. That's why we serve, uh, for God to open up opportunities and doors uh, for us to share the gospel. That's why we're here. Uh, as you see the video with Pastor Fernando, the excitement, training people in Brazil, that doesn't hap- just have to happen in Brazil, does it? That needs to happen right here with us. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that today. Um, so I'm just excited. Uh, again, my name is Sean. I'm the next-gen pastor. I've been working with students and families for 23 years. That's really old, but um, super excited about it. Uh, You can pray for us this week. Uh, We are taking some kids down to Tennessee while we're driving up to Tennessee for a Christian festival. Uh, We're going to camp out. Uh, So there's some great speakers. We're going to do some personal time with God and some really neat, fun things. So, uh, you know, some of our students are still trying to get their minds wrapped around what's a tent. So it's going to be a fun week. It's going to be a good time. They, They might think it's like the Marriott, but it's not. They'll find out. But don't let them know until we get back. So, but we're super excited. It's going to be a great time. Just be praying for us to see what God does. Um, and we're just super excited. Um, I want to start off. So I want to talk about God's ways. And uh, I want to start off with kind of a funny story. It's a true story. It's embarrassing because it has to deal with me. So I remember I was a freshman. I'll never forget this. I was a freshman in high school. Uh, made the varsity football team. Super excited. Now that I look back at it, I think the only reason I made it, because I was a little thicker than the other freshmen, so I could take a couple hits, but I think that was the only reason. Uh, but anyways, it was the first day, first week of hitting. That's super fun for us people who are barbaric, and we like to hit each other. Um, so super stoked, excited. I'm going up against uh, the first team offense. I'm playing inside linebacker, that's so why I played in high school and college, and just I just loved hitting people. Uh, I'm over that now, so I just want to let you know that. Uh, enjoyed that. He was excited. So the problem was um, there was an offensive guard, and he was a short guy, but he was a very strong guy. So he was like 5'7", five, 5'6". Five, um, and in a game of football, it's actually, it's not so much how tall you are, it's the leverage you get. Because if you can get under people, you can push them around. And so here's this guy, and two weeks before that in the weight room, I was spotting him, and he just squatted 850 pounds. You heard me, 850 pounds. Uh, he bench-pressed 400 pounds as a junior in high school. Uh, and so here's a guy that I'm getting ready to start my varsity world, uh, learning how to get better and get on some varsity time. So 
I'm a linebacker. I have a really good linebacker coach. And one thing that the linebacker coach tells you is you keep your head on a swivel. And so what that means is when you're playing the game of football and other things in life, other sports or activities, you want to keep that head moving. Because if you just look this way, somebody's going to come over here and blindside you and really hit you really hard, and you're going to have no clue. Uh, and so keep your head on a swivel. And sometimes as a youth pastor, I feel the same way when I come into youth group, head on a swivel. What's going on? What's happening? Who's going to throw this? Who's going to do that? So it's really helped me out in my years of ministry. Uh, so here we go. It's time. Uh, the snap's ready to take place. I'm super excited to be there. I'm ready to just like, I want to show them what I'm about. So the first play, it's kind of a trick play. So they, I, you read the guard steps. He steps this way. I'm flowing this way. I'm a little eager, a little excited, right? Freshman high schooler, like I'm going to blow this guy up. So I'm stepping. Uh, they reverse the ball. The ball comes this way. Remember, the coach says, keep your head on a swivel, right? I'm the young freshman. My head's this way. I forgot to look this way. So that ball gets reversed. I turn. Here's this kid who can squat 850 pounds, and he got right underneath my shoulder pads. All of a sudden, my head was here, and my feet were up here. Uh, my varsity coaches are, welcome to varsity, Sprouse. And I'm like, thank you for making the moment even worse. Uh, but at that moment, I never made that mistake ever again. All the way through the rest of my years in high school, all the way through college, I never got hit like that, anywhere close to that. Because I remembered that coach, and I remembered that to keep your head on a swivel. And I never forgot that lesson. How many times are we told to do things, but we do the opposite? And we do things our ways, and those ways get us in trouble, right? It happens so often, so many times. Uh, let's walk through Proverbs 16, 1 through 9, and then we'll pray. But let's hear these words about God's ways. To humans belong the plans of the heart, but from the Lord comes a proper answer of the tongue. All a person's ways seem pure to them, but motives are weighed by the Lord. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he'll establish your plans. The Lord works out everything to its proper end, even the wicked for a day of disaster. The Lord detests all the proud of heart. Be sure of this, they will not go unpunished. Though love and faithfulness sin is atoned for, through the fear of the Lord, evil is avoided. When the Lord takes pleasure in anyone's ways, he causes their enemies to make peace peace with them, better a little with righteousness than much gain with injustice. In their hearts, human, humans plan their course, but the Lord established their steps. And as you break down these passages, the reality is our heart, our mind, we want to do the things that are opposite of God. We want to do things our way. And some of us have learned in time when we do things our way, when we don't seek God's strategy, we don't seek his design or his plan, uh, it doesn't end up very good. And we need to wrestle with that. We need to let that soak in. We need to let God teach us his ways. We need to submit to his ways. Verses 1 and 2 in Proverbs 16 uh, just talk about that. We have our own plans. We have our own ways. They seem right to us. Uh, and we live in a culture where we kind of put the scripture to the side and we want our ways to be the point of wisdom and the thought and the strategy and think about how foolish we are. We are toning God out, and we are trying to say our ways are better. And he's our creator. He's the one who made us. He has everything laid out for us. And we push him away to do our thing. And our ways just don't last. They, they cause problems. They cause heartache. Uh, but when we begin to submit to God and let God flow through us, we begin to think like him. And there's some other amazing points in here, tough points, good points. 
you know, we look at the word pride, and a lot of times we can look at that as a good thing. But when we use the word pride as, I'm better than everybody else. I've got this figured out. I don't need God's understanding because my mind is greater than someone else. God's going to take you down uh, because his ways are the ways. His way is a great way. And when we are prideful, we are going to eventually hurt others. And God is here to love us. God is here to care for us. God is here to deal with us. And for some of us that, you know, hey, how about the wicked? How do they get away with things? They said, don't worry. God's got it. I'll take care of that. And we just need to keep our eyes on him. And that's where our, our ways need to align to his ways so we can understand that he's got it. He's got it taken care of. He has a specific design for you. You are so intricately woven and put together that he has thoughts planned out for you. He loves you and cares for you so much. Uh, verse, verse 6, through love and faithfulness, sin is atoned for. So as I understand God's love and I ask for his forgiveness of my sins and I sit in his love, I'm forgiven. He's taken away those sins. He takes away our ways at times. And so he can fill us. And also when we fear God, when we recognize that God is greater than me, that I'm not greater than him, that I need him, that he's holy, that he's mighty, he avoids us from those evil plans. He avoids us from destruction when we keep those eyes on God and we ask for his plans to take over our plans. And so as we think about this, our ways are selfish and destructive. Our ways will lead to paths of selfishness and destructive. We want easy gains that satisfy us for seasons, but they always run dry. They're never satisfying. They never bring us peace and content. Our human ways always seek comfort that creates us to be lazy. Human ways draws us far from the love of God. That's why the enemy comes so hard at us to try to get us distracted, to get us inwardly thinking, because it pulls us away from God's purpose, from his design, and his salvation, and more importantly, his love. And so the enemy wants to get us wrapped up in what we want to do and the things that, uh, that we enjoy, and we just run and do things without God. And that gets us into a lot of trouble. And our world is in that as we look around us today. God's ways are beautiful. God's ways are incredible. And just paint a picture a little bit. I mean, so I've been doing this for 23 years, and I've always seen the enemy attack men. I've always seen men not want to step up and lead spiritually. I've always seen the enemy try to make the moms busy and run around to the point where they just explode and scream, and mom and dads are going at each other. And I've always seen the enemy come to the kids and get the kids disobedient from God to do their, their ways instead of God's ways, and so that the home life is a mess. In the workplace, the enemy tries to... Uh, there's Christians in the workplace. The enemy attacks Christians so that they don't have that wisdom. They don't have that character of God, so they mesh in with everyone else. I've seen the attack on coaches and the school systems and our students, and on and on and on we go. And the problem always lies with our ways. When our ways take control, everything gets out of control. And so we, we live in a day and time where we have dads that, don't lead home spiritually. They don't pour into their wives through Scripture, through praying Scripture. Uh, I mean, praying and reading Scripture. Uh, we have little kids in our homes where we're not praying over them. What an amazing joy it is to be a mother, to be a father, to pick up your kid and pray over them, to read Scripture to them, to read the ways of God, to help them understand how to walk. And so the enemy has done a really good job of trying to pull us apart, getting us all in our own ways. I mean, on a team in a workplace, in a home, in a school, if everybody's running opposite directions, what's going to happen? There is no order. It's complete chaos. And sinfulness is going to creep in and just devastate. 
I mean, unfortunately, in the church, I've seen so many divorces. I've seen so many pains and heart issues that destroy kids down the road. And so for our young parents in here today and young couples and uh, just women and men that want to learn and grow closer to God, I just want to encourage us, spend time with God. He is going to guide us, and He's going to lead us, and He's going to take care of us, and He's going to work on our relationships. He's going to work in the marriage. He's going to work at home. He's going to work with our family members. He's going to work in the schools and the workplaces if we allow His ways to become our ways. That's easier said than done, but it's, it's the reality of understanding, God, I need you to help me. God, I need you to guide me, and He wants to align us, and I think one of the biggest things for me as working in a church and being around people a lot um, is having eternal perspective. The greatest thing is knowing Jesus and living for Christ. There's nothing greater than that. I don't care the successes. I don't care what you've done and what you're going to do. But when you know Christ and you live for Christ, it doesn't get any sweeter than that. Yeah, there's going to be trials. There's going to be heartaches. But God will walk you through those things. You'll walk through heartaches with joy and peace that nobody else can even understand. You'll back up and you'll see this picture. But I've just seen so much devastation uh, because we simply want to do what we want to do. And I don't want to listen to the Bible. I don't want to listen to God. I don't want to listen to the pastor. I don't want to listen to my husband or my wife or my kids. I want to do what I want to do. And it's awful. And so, and just a reality check, and I want you to think through this and not take this too hard because this is a little rough. I get it. Uh, but you know, you're holding a child for some of you that have little ones. If you as a parent aren't in the Word and seeking God out, uh, when that child's 15 or 16, you might be leaving that house because you want a divorce. That's the reality is that I see. Uh, but I also see what happens when people finally align to God's ways. And I see things radically transformed and changed. I see husbands and wives love like never before. I see uh, family members are delivered from things in the name of Jesus. I see people, uh, if you're not married, it's okay. Uh, we put a lot of stock on that, and it's okay to be single, by the way. I just want to throw that out there, uh, because you can be used more by God in more situations than I ever can. But the reality is, are we going to spend time with God and let His ways take over so that I can go be a light to this person, so I can go here and help this person out, so that we can be a spark? So let's look at God's ways a little bit. Um, God's ways, we need to align with God's ways. Um, I just, there's a really powerful scripture. Uh, let me backtrack. Got a little excited. I apologize. But before we go to God's ways, um, anybody who ever does pro presenter for me back there, it's a nightmare because I'm not like the normal pastor. I go all over the place. But Proverbs 13 through 18 first. Let me back up. Proverbs 13 through 18. Um, this is the downfall when we are in our own strength. And we follow the ways of the world. Uh, Proverbs 9, you know, we've been studying Proverbs all summer long here. Uh, the first part of this passage talks about wisdom, stepping up and calling out and giving wise instruction. This part talks about uh, folly, uh, the enemy speaking out and trying to draw people into this pit of destruction. So this is Proverbs 9, 13 through 18. Folly is an unruly woman. She is simple and knows nothing. She sits at the door of her house, on a seat at the highest point of the city, calling out to those who pass by, who go straight on their way, let all who are simple come to my house. To those who have no sense, she says, stolen water is sweet, food eaten in secret is delicious, but little do they know that the dead are there, that her guests are deep in the realm of the dead. Wow. And, and so women, don't get too offensive that... that 
women is, is like this folly unruly woman, because if you back up the verses one, it says women is wisdom, all right? So relax. So just an analogy. Nobody throw anything at me this morning. Um, but what we're talking about here, it's the ways of God and the ways of the world, right? And the ways of the world are come this way. This is sweet. This is going to be fun. This is going to be a good time. Don't worry about anything. Dive into your lust. Dive into your sinfulness. Come commit adultery on God with the world. That's what this woman of folly is. Uh, but as they entertain it, as they walk into it, it's fun at a time. It's, it's enjoyable, but it leads to dead. The dead are in the house. The dead are there. And so that's what sin does to us. That's what the enemy does. And that's what our selfishness does. We want to run the easy way. We want to run into uh, the self-gratification. We want to run into the sin, but that leads death. And so just we need to keep these things on our mind, this eternal perspective of living for God or letting the world destroy us. So as now, we, now we'll get back in order. So God's ways, we need to align with God's ways. And Psalm 139 uh, a lot of you have heard these passages before. But it's, it's just amazing to see God's design for us, His ways for us. Uh, verse 1, You've searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know, you know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You're familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in, behind, and before. You lay, upon, you lay your hand upon me. What a beautiful picture that God knows our thoughts. He knows our ways because he created us. He made us. We're special to him. He designed us specifically like nobody else. He knows you very well. He cares for you. He has things for you. He knows what's on your thoughts. He knows what's on your mind. And it's just this reality that I love at the end of the verse 5 that he made us. He hemmed us in. He's before us. He's behind us. He's around us. His hand's upon us. Some of you just need to take a deep breath today and go... God, let me realize that you're with me. Let me realize your hand's upon me. God, could you put your hand upon me as we close and worship a little bit later? Ask for that. Ask for God's hand to be upon you. Uh, as we keep going in Psalm uh, 139, we want to look at verse 13. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in a secret place, I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book. Before one of them came to be, how precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. And it's just a beautiful reminder that God's ways are beautiful, they're powerful, they're intricate, that he's put us together, he's woven us together. Again, we see this picture of creation that God has made us intimately. Uh, before, we were, before we ever took a breath, he knew us. Our ways were written down. His plans for us and his designs for us were already marked, were already charted. That's how valuable you are to God. There are no mistakes in this room. There's no accidents in this room. You were designedly made and put here by God for an incredible purpose. So we have to get to a place where we want to spend time with God, that we want to call out to God, that we want to seek his holiness, we want to seek his love, so that our ways align with God's ways. And when we start walking in God's ways, we realize how, how amazing he is, that he'll guide us, he'll walk us, he'll give us hope, he'll give us peace, he'll give us joy that he has you. He loves you so much. Today, he just, wanna, he just wants to wrap his arms around you and let you know how much he cares for you. 
He wants you to take a deep breath and realize it's going to be okay, that he has peace for you. He wants to sharpen your mind. He wants to take the distractions. He wants to take the voices away, and he wants your mind focused on him to renew your ways, to renew your thoughts. That's what he's here to do. And as we kind of start wrapping up here, we want to look at God's design. You know, our Heavenly Father, we, we need him to be with us and to guide us. Uh, we need to realize that he put me together. Uh, I'm wonderfully and fearfully made, that he knows me, and he has a specific design for you. As Pastor Fernando is in Brazil right now, and I take students on camping trips, like who does those things, right? Uh, but that's why we're uniquely designed. We all have a purpose. You all in this room have a unique design. And so we need to just sit with God and allow him to begin to speak to us. That's why it's so critical that we study God's word, we study scripture, we pray, we ask God to let us understand it, that it comes into our mind, it comes into our heart, it helps us uh, get about his ways and his will because he has something really designed for you. I'm so excited uh, for walking into this school year with the connections that we have with schools and uh, with our students already and things in the community, uh, what's going on here at Venture with our men's ministry, women's ministry, connect groups are going to kick off. Uh, what God's doing with leadership outreach around the world. Uh, ministry leaders are rising up all over the place. They want train. They want more of Jesus to go share. And I really pray that same thing is going to take off in us, that God's going to use us to spark an incredible movement here in Southwest Florida, and it reaches everywhere. And if you think about it, it's already doing that. And I just encourage you, jump on that. Let your way become God's way. Submit to God so his ways pour through you. And so just to hear God's design, uh, John 1, 1 through 5, and this is, I know, creation in the beginning, but he has a purpose through this for us. Uh, John chapter 1, 1 through, five, 1 through 5, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So God is our creator. He made all things. Jesus was there. The Holy Spirit was there. The Father's there. They're all one. Uh, they have purpose uh, for us in our life. The light is here. Jesus came into this dark world. That's why Jesus was born, and he came to be this light in the darkness. The darkness was here, but the light came. And what's really special and amazing for us, when we put our faith in Christ, if you're sitting here today and you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, the, the greatest way of life, the only way that your life, your way can align with God's way is knowing Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And as, you know, as you're thinking about that, processing that, ask God to help you today, uh, to draw closer to you. If you have questions, I'd love to talk to you. Um, but as you put your faith in Christ, as you believe in Him as your Savior and Lord, we begin this journey. Now we're in His ways, and now we're the light of the world. Right? Jesus was the light of the world, but now we become the light of the world. Isn't that incredible? We are this light in this darkness. And at the end of verse 5, the darkness tries to overcome it, but it can't. And so when we go into the workplace or we go to our homes or we go to the schools or to the beach, wherever we go, we are this light that's shifting the darkness around us. Isn't that really neat? As we walk into an area that could be filled with people who don't know Christ, who are hopeless, we are that light. We are that hope. We shift the darkness away so that people can understand who is the creator. We are called to be a light bearer. So 
our ways, God's ways, and then God's design and his design for you is to be a messenger of him. Uh, you don't, the, one of the problems in the church, we think the pastors or the missionaries have got to be the messengers for Christ. That's not right. We all are. Because when we put our faith in Christ, his light comes alive in us. And now we are light to this dark world that God wants us to overcome. And so light in this passage, it represents, it, it defines light here is security, is deliverance. Those words sound pretty good, right? God's light brings us security, deliverance. It's a figure for holiness, revelation, and truth. So God is creation. He, he has designed us to align to his path, to his way. And we have a choice to choose his love or not choose his love. We can choose our ways, which are going to make us bitter and angry in the end. Or we can choose his, his lifestyle and his way, which gives us hope and peace. You know, I think about it. These are hard things. I saw my, my mother on her deathbed and my father. Uh, I saw my sister after she passed. And uh, the reality of those hard situations. Uh, but, you know, my, my sister is a little more tragic, but she had peace. Uh, my mother and father, it was a longer battle, but they knew where they were going. They had peace in that moment. They knew Jesus had them. That's a pretty incredible thing to witness. Uh, as hard as it is, but it's amazing to see that hope. It's amazing when you come on their deathbeds and uh, the family's around and you're singing uh, songs and you're, you're singing these godly songs and old hymns and Christian songs and the rest of the hospital and they're all kind of looking at you like they're, they're not doing well, but you are because Christ is our strength because we have the light. We have the light that takes us to the next place, to heaven. And it's an incredible thing. So we are called to be a light bearer. And so I want to encourage us and challenge us. Um, you know, we, we have the King of Kings in our life when we ask Christ in our life. And I want to encourage you to think about, let's get over the, the thing that we do as humans really well, right? We'll walk down the sidewalk. We'll see each other in the public. Hey, how's the weather? How's the beach? Did you catch any fish? Did you go shopping? Did you catch that movie? And those are great things, and there's nothing wrong with those things. Uh, but let's begin to be a church that says, God, what, what's your design for me? What's your design for my family? What's your design for my work? What's your design for this community? God, how about we as men and, and ladies and students and kids get together and start going, hey, I got a friend that needs Jesus. What are we going to do about it? That's a whole lot better than talking about the Yankees. Some of you are like, well, hold on, back up, Pastor. But it's a whole lot better. It's a whole lot better rallying around some folks and saying, you know, I got some neighbors that really need Christ. Uh, and it's really powerful when we as men also get around each other and are like, I'm really struggling. Can you guys pray for me? I need some help. I have no idea as a father what I'm doing with these kids. Anybody ever felt like that? It's had kids before? And so what an amazing thing for us to be, be able to get around each other and say, let's pray. Let's read scripture. Let's strategize what God wants to do in your life for others, to be those light bearers, that our ways connect with God's ways so that we can be that light bearer, so that we can be that person that shares truth to people in Christ. And here's a pretty powerful verse that I want us to close with, uh, John 14, 12. This is, this is amazing to me. This has blown me away ever since I found this verse as a teenager, all the way through uh, life and ministry. And even to this day, this verse is very powerful. Uh, John 14, 12. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And check this part. And they will do even greater things than these 
because I'm going to the Father. So Jesus promises disciples, this message is not just for them, but it's for us. He says, you can do what I've done. And Jesus healed, he did miracles, he, he led people to salvation, he did all these incredible things. He sat with people that were in severe need and he gave them hope. And then he says at the end of verse 12, but you can do greater things. And I wrestled with that my whole life. Like, what's this really look like? Can we really do this? And the answer is yes. And the reason why, and so, you know, this is how it kind of wraps up at the end of this verse. And they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father, right? So Jesus came. He did this miraculous things. His disciples got to be a part of some of those things. They did some amazing things. Uh, But Jesus says, you will do greater because I'm going to my Father. So when Jesus died on that cross, for us that are sinners, for us that have never put our faith in Christ, and when we did not do that, and now we have come to Christ, you know, he went away. He died on that cross uh, so that you and I could have hope, so you and I could have forgiveness, so that we could have salvation, this new life, salvation, this new life, this life in God that brings me from death to light. Now that I have come from death to light, now I'm a light bearer. Now I'm one to walk like Jesus. I'm not Jesus, but Jesus is in me, and he empowers me to be like himself because he's amazing and his love, and he wants to use us to restore others. We get to be a part of that. I'm not worthy of that. God makes me worthy of that. So as I put my ways into God's ways, I become into his design, and now I can be used by him. And so in John 14, 12, I... Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I'm going away to the Father. And so we know that, right, he rose again three days. He was on this this earth for another 40 days, doing amazing things, talking to people, revealing himself. And then he ascends on high, and 40 days later, something happens really amazing, right? We call it the day of Pentecost. For those who believe in Jesus Christ at that point forever, the Holy Spirit comes now and fills us and empowers us. It never happened like that before. The Holy Spirit would empower certain prophets, certain teachers, certain judges, Jesus for sure. But now the Holy Spirit's a free gift for us so that when I put my faith in Christ, I'm empowered by the Holy Spirit. And because of that empowerment of the Holy Spirit, I now can do what Christ has done in greater things. Make sense? I now can be a light bearer. I now, through the power of the Holy Spirit, God, help me. Help me read your scripture today. God, give me a hunger to be in your word. You know, we're amazing at excuses, right? I hear this so much in my ministry life. I just didn't have time to read the Bible this week. Can I see your phone? Can I see your screen time? Can I see how much you're on Netflix? Can I, I, I can do that now. And it's pretty, don't tell me you don't have time for God. Don't tell me you don't have time to spend here in the word. Excuses just need to stop. Don't tell me that you can't read scripture over your kids. Don't tell me you can't pray with your wife. Don't tell me you can't pray with your neighbors. Don't tell me you can't share Jesus with them. He died for you. He wove you together. He breathed his Holy Spirit into you. He has a purpose and design for you. Yeah, in my flesh, I can't. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, I can. That's what Jesus came to do in our lives, to take the things that are broken in the fears and then pour his love and compassion into us we got to stop with the excuses. I, when I, if we get to heaven, and when we get to heaven, I don't think Jesus is going to listen to our excuses, is he? We're going to see his glory, and we're going to be in awe. And so I think the reality is we need to back up, take a deep breath. Yeah, we struggle, we battle, but Jesus is here today to fill you with his love and spirit. 
Jesus is here today and pick you up and say, let's figure this out together. It's okay. That's why we're here at Venture. We're here to laugh together. We're here to cry together. Yeah, we've all screwed up in this room, right? We've all done some pretty dumb things. But God comes to restore us. He, he wants to bring hope back in family situations. He wants to bring hope in your personal life. He wants to give you the ability to spend time in his word so that you can be empowered by his Holy Spirit to go be a light bearer, to have your ways now can align to God's ways because of his Holy Spirit. He created us. He made us. His Holy Spirit's here today. So even as we close out, let the Holy Spirit do some work in your life. And if some of you are struggling with some things, that's why we're here. We are broken people that's been restored by an incredible Savior that wants to move in us. And so at the end of the day, what this all comes down to, um, you know, our ways are selfish and destructive, right? We need to align to God's ways. We need to align to God's ways. Ask God to come upon us so that we can align to his will, to his way, and we can be these people of hope and great light, this light in the darkness, and the darkness can't overcome it. Does that excite anybody? That excites me because the more I spend time in Christ, the more his light can pour out of me and the darkness has to run. And when I walk into a mall or I walk into uh, a sports arena or I walk into a classroom or I walk into a school, uh, has anybody ever walked in somewhere and you felt insufficient? It's like every day of my life, all right? But I know I carry Jesus with me and that's all I need. He's my hope. I can be that light bearer. I can be that light and that hope to somebody because of Christ who empowers me. So as we pray and sing, just ask the Holy Spirit to empower you today. And if you, if you have questions about this Jesus and putting your faith in Jesus, I'd love to talk to you. Let's pray. God, we just thank you that you really love us and you really care for us. And God, we are fallen people, but that's why you came. That's why you're here right now. That's why you're in this room. And so God, make your presence known among the, us in here right now. Let your spirit flow into us, just move in us in a mighty way. We love you because you first loved us. God, I simply love you because you have helped me so much. God, you are there in my low moments. You're there in my sad places. You said, let's go. In my, my confused times in my life, you were there. So God, I pray for everyone in this room that you'll give us ability through the power of your Holy Spirit to spend time with you to spend time in your word, to keep reading through Proverbs this summer as a church we're doing, to let your wisdom come upon us, to let your ways become my ways, and that your design for my life would really come alive. Everybody in this room and online has a design. And the more time, God, we spend with you, we can walk in that design. And we can be fathers and mothers that pour into our kids and pour into our spouses and pour into our neighbors, that we can be men and women that, that our friends see Jesus, our co-workers see Christ, our sport teams that we're on, they see the light of Christ in us. And, and the music that we play, they see the light of Christ. And all the giftings you've given us and all the hobbies that we have and all the things we love to do, there's nothing wrong with those things. We just need to let you be alive in those things. Let you be alive in those moments so that others can see Christ. You gave us passions to do things. But God, I want my ways to be your ways. And so when I do something, God, I want it to be done for you now. 
when I sit there with my neighbor or I talk to somebody new or I hang out with this person or enjoy this moment, I want my Jesus to rub out on them. I want them to, I want them to be able to see Jesus in my life. So God, let us all realize we're image bearers, that we're to walk around with the light of the world to make the darkness run and flee. There's a lot of darkness, but that doesn't give me fear because, God, you're greater. You're just simply greater. You're simply more powerful, and the darkness cannot overtake you. So, God, be with us. Strengthen us. Let your Holy Spirit ignite us to live for you, God. You've given us all the ability to do it because you designed us. You know us. And our weaknesses and our flaws, I give it to you today, God. Help me. Help me today to live for you. Help me to get a little closer to you today. God, I know some of us in this room have decisions to be made, things to figure out. God, make your path very clear to everybody in this room. Make it very clear to them. God, just be with us. We thank you for this morning. And we just ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen.